What a twat. Welcome to another episode of Too Much Time on Our Hands, the Theatrical Cup. I'm Sonia, sat opposite me with his stupid fucking face for radio, is Terry. That's a bit personal, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, there's one thing your face for a bit stupid fucking face for radio. I'm so sick of looking at your face right now. Um, we're in the middle of our... Hi, Sonia. <laughs> ...recording our third episode on The Bounce. Hello, dear. You alright? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Tired. Wow, it's the middle of the night time. That it is. Um, cool. So what we're going to do for this episode, we've decided to um, just change the format ever so slightly for 2019. Uh, we're still going to um, choose topics from our hat because we've got many, many topics in the hat. We're not going to pick randomly, though. We're going to actually choose what we want to talk about. Um, and we're not going to watch as many films from that topic. We're just going to cover a couple a little bit more in depth. Yeah, no more two-hour epics where we talk about every Jason Statham film. No. Um, and this week we're going to talk about the films of Guy Pearce. Now, Guy Pearce is an actor that I really, really enjoy the work of. Yeah. Um, I think he's got some solid, solid films in his canon. Is that the yeah. right? Is that the right expression? Um, and I think he's one of those actors. I asked a few people for their um, favourite Guy Pearce films, and they said they couldn't think of any. I think he's one of those, because he's just like, to be very wanky, he's quite the chameleon, so he doesn't look the mm. same. And I feel like he throws himself into roles, so you don't necessarily think, like we've, when we were talking about on the other pod about Christian Bale in Vice, mm. you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, I'm watching Guy Pearce in this film. You think I'm watching this character in this film. Because yeah. he like... He's got really skinny frills. He's got quite fat. He's had long hair, short hair. And mm-hmm. He's very good with accents as well, to like changing who he is. And I think that's what. And I think we've mentioned in the book before. He tends to be a supporting actor, or mm. it's a smaller indie film. He's not yeah. like the tentpole A-list action star. Although he has been in films like Iron Man three. So I think that's potentially why people are just like, oh, I don't know. Hmm. Um. Now, obviously, his biggest role, the one that he's most well-known for, is Mike from Neighbours. Yeah, um, back in the 80s. It was, it was a golden time. Um, do you think... Um, that's the cats. Do you think um, that he is the most successful actor to come from Neighbours? Is it? Russell Crowe being Neighbours for a bit. Was he in it for as long as I don't Mike? think he was a staple like Mike mm. was. Yeah, no, I think... I mean, Think about the, long-standing. What about Jim? Jim Robinson. He's done a lot of bits, isn't he? Yeah. I don't think you could do that. And obviously Kylie, musically, obviously has done very well. No, I'm talking about act, going on to acting. I think acting-wise, I mean, Holly Valance had a couple of bits, didn't she? Okay, then. I think it's safe <laughs> to say, then, that Guy Pearce is probably yeah. the actor that's come from... Neighbours, yeah, who's had Melissa, the most success. Oh, no, Missy George success. was home and away, wasn't she? Yeah, but she's not on the same level as Guy no. Pearce. No way. No way, no, but you know I have a massive soft spot for her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do we want to talk about the films that we chose first of all? Do we want to mention the note which we talk about the ones that we're not going to talk about? Yeah, I feel like that's probably best. So the film, when we asked people for their favourite Guy Pearce film, one film was mentioned way and above all the others, and that was Memento. Um... 
And for that reason, we're not going to talk about it because people obviously are aware of the film Memento. Um, but in case you didn't know, uh, films from 2000, he plays a character called Leonard. Is this a Christopher Nolan film? It is Christopher Nolan. Um, so the film generally plays... We see the events happening... In five-minute chunks backwards. Backwards. And as, as we each time we see something... We're not literally watching. He's not like walking backwards or anything yeah. like that. But the the storyline moves backwards. But each time it does, we learn a little bit more. Yeah. And so he, you see something happen, and then you see why that thing happened. Yeah, and then and he suffers from short term memory loss. He can't remember yeah. things, so he's always writing things down Covered or tattooing tattoos. them on his body, taking Polaroids and writing notes on the back. He never quite knows who to trust or what's going on. Um, I think Memento is fantastic. Oh. Um, and have you I've ever watched it forwards? No. I've still never watched that special feature. So many, many, many years ago when it came out to buy, there was a, a special Fox promotion. But get this, it was buy one, get one free DVDs and they were nineteen ninety nine oh. each. And I got Memento and Fight Club. Oh, and, um, Is that Fight Club with like the lovely cardboard sleeve? Yes. Oh. Memento's got a lovely cardboard sleeve as well. Um, but it has got the options who watch it in... The correct order. Well, it's, it's not the correct order because it was no. filmed in the correct order of how the director wanted us to watch it. So you'd be watching it forwards, but you meant to watch I it forwards. I imagine it'd be really boring forwards. Lots and lots of people have said, I've read so many things where people have said, this is absolutely like a point. It's, it's a special feature, sure, but it's not meant to be watched like mm. this. Don't watch it like this. And I still never have. I'm sure I will at some point if I've got a spare couple of hours. But highly recommend this film mm. um the other film which was mentioned was la confidential which came out in 1997 now i must confess i probably haven't watched it since then oh i've seen it a couple of times recently. i ran i don't own it which i don't understand mm. possibly i it went in the great kevin spacey burning because obviously kevin spacey's in mm. this film and he's obviously now a pedophile so we're not allowed to uh, i know he's not a pedophile is he? he's just a sex offender um but yeah, love that film. It's got a young Russell Crowe in it as well. Um, he is, that's one of the few films where he's a lead. That's where he sort of didn't seem to kick on, but I absolutely love LA Confidential. I think it's a great film. It's a very stylish film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and the other film, which um, I is unusual for me to get so excited about a film like this, because I fucking love it, is Iron Man 3, yeah. um, where he plays Aldrich uh, Killian. Um, I love, love, love this film and he plays such an awesome baddie because yeah. it's got such an awesome baddie twist in it, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, but brilliant. I would have thought a lot of people probably know him from yeah. that as well. Um, but you, you were talking about transformations earlier. I mean, the transformation of him from the start of the film yeah. to when he reappears like partway through. Yeah, the teeth Pepper, are gone, Pepper the hair's Potts gone. Pepper didn't recognise him, did she? No. She's quite taken aback. I think she had a little bit of a crush on him. I think it's safe to say she Rightly did, Rightly yeah. so. Um, but yeah, I mean, other, any other notable mentions? Uh, another one I really mentions? love is The Proposition. Oh, So that's yeah. like a really sort of dirty looking film. I it's watched like that set years in Australia well. During like the time where we were sending all our convicts over there and he's one of like three brothers mm. and... He's like the sort of moderate brother that people don't dislike. He's got a brother that everyone fucking hates and he's like basically... And there's another brother who everyone likes and he's just like, he's a bit simple and 
the cops have the simple brother and they want the evil brother and he has to basically go and get the evil brother to save the other brother and it it just looks it's got Ray Winston in it as like the cop but mm. it is just it's one of those films where you can smell it and you can mm. feel how gritty and horrible it is but I really like that film I am um, with that film as well it's kind of like he's got a he's basically got to choose a brother hasn't he yeah um and yeah, I really, really liked that film as well. Some uh, solid, solid films. And obviously a great film that he's in. Not for very long, The Hurt Locker. Yeah, I don't remember. I've only seen The Hurt Locker once. No, it's a really good film. I like that. Oh yeah, I liked it. Uh, and then a film that nearly made my two to watch, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that film. So that's like a horror film where in this house, it's got him and Katie Holmes. There's these like little tooth fairy-esque creatures that come out and like eat things. Um, really really like that film The King's Speech obviously he's in uh, again in a very bit part role but he's really good in that um, and Prometheus we've talked about it before I actually quite like Prometheus um, but yeah say it's just a lot of bit parts I don't know if it's just because he's one of those actors I think who wants to do lots of different things mm. I can't imagine him wanting to be like Iron Man and being like the same person in the same film for like 11 mm. films so I think that's perhaps why he hasn't caught well, fire. Well, he has done another TV thing, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done Jack Irish, but that's like a TV series. It's probably not as... If you imagine how much time Robert Downey Jr. must spend as Iron Man, you probably don't mm. spend as much time being Jack Irish. Um, but you know, he has done a lot of films. But yeah, he is possibly an actor that would make me intrigued to watch a film. Oh, he's 100% an actor that would make me want to watch a film. Yeah. Easily. But yeah, they're my notable mentions other than the two mm. that I've got. Right, who's going to kick off? Go on, you go first. Okay. I'm going to start with a film then, which was an easy pick for me, because I just said to Terry when we were having our toilet break. Uh, not together. Um, <laughs> this is easily one of my most favourite films of all time, never mind a favourite Guy Pearce film, um, and it's The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, uh, where he's he's not the lead, but I would say... He's a. I would argue that there's three leads, well, four leads if you include Priscilla. Um, three leads in this. It's a film about two drag queens and a transsexual travelling across Australia to perform a show in a big bus called Priscilla. Um, and it's their kind of like adventures on the way. Um, so you've got Guy Pearce playing Adam, um, and his drag name is Felicia. Um, and this film, by the way, is from 1994. So it's quite, what's that, 24 years old? Nearly 25. Yeah. Nearly 20. Oh, yeah, because we have, uh, it's a new year now, isn't it? Um, so 25 years old, and... It's probably due a Blu-ray then this year, isn't the, it? Like fancy the drag... Outfits, if you like, are a little bit naff. They're very showgirly, but what I mean is, I think that Guy Pearce really embraced this role and actually looks all right in drag. Mm. He's quite, he's quite attractive. He's got quite a good bone structure, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's like, quite basically. attractive. He looks all, he looks all right, um, but he's got quite a muscular, manly body. Um, so there are certain scenes where he's not in outrageous drag, where I think he fools someone briefly and then the guy sees his arms and he's just like, hang on a minute, you're a bloke. <laughs> um, but the story follows the three of them. So you've got um, 
the main character, which is Hugo Weaving's character, um, and he plays Mitzi, and they're travelling across Australia for them to perform a show at his ex-wife's holiday resort. And the other two don't know that he's been married before and that he's got a kid. So there's that sort of bit of discovery on their journey as well. Um, Mitzi, which is Guy Pearce's character, sort of comes from quite a well-to-do family. He was one who got the money to buy the bus. And he's basically a bit of a brat. He's like, mm. it, he causes them a bit of trouble on the way, but, you know, he just wants to have fun, basically. And then you've got Bernadette, who's actually transitioning from male to female. You know, she's had a few ops. She identifies as female and played by Terence Stamp, which is hilarious because he, he just looks... So when they're performing in drag, he's just got this sour look on his face like he just absolutely doesn't want to be there there's a brilliant scene where they're performing and they're sort of dressed with these it's a bit like from Alice in Wonderland with these huge like bird um heads yeah so they've got like big swan necks on top of their heads with like the swan heads on the top and he's just got this real he looks like he's sucking a lemon um <laughs> you know and he's just not and he's really really stiff with his dance moves whereas Guy Pearce really sort of like throws himself at it I have to say I think Hugo Weaving does the best lip syncing um, although Guy Pearce is very, very passable. Um, but they, tra- they travel across Australia, they go and perform at this club, it's okay, they, have, they all have a bit of self-discovery on the way there, their bus breaks down and a mechanic called Bob comes and helps them fix it. Bernadette ends up staying in the outback with Bob and they kind of like build a life together as sort of partners um, and Mitzi and Felicia go back to... Sydney, I think, where they're from, mm. um, to sort of get back to the nightlife that they know and perform in the shows that they love doing. Um, it's just a very fun, flamboyant, um, heartwarming film. And it's got, obviously, some brilliant like drag performances throughout where they're lip-syncing. Um, there's the famous scene as well where... Um, Felicia's like Guy Pierce's character wants to climb up um is it Ayers Rock in a in a in full drag so there's the line about being a cock in a frock on a rock so they do that they get into full drag and they climb up this rock and they get to the top of it and they're like oh well what have you okay let's go down again um it's just really really very enjoyable film I would thoroughly recommend anyone to watch it see Guy Pierce at his Possibly his most flamboyant. I can't think that he's any more... You're trying to think of him being more flamboyant in another mm. role now, aren't you? Are they your headphones? No. Probably wouldn't do that if I were you. Um, well, I think one of the films I'm going to talk about, he's quite flamboyant in a different way. Possibly not on a level with Priscilla. No. Um, but what, there was a few uh, really good lines in uh, Priscilla, and one of them, one of them is so Felicia's like a, a bit of a dick to both the other, both the other guys that she's travelling with, and there's one point where Mitzi turns around and goes, "There's two things I don't like about you, Felicia: your face." And I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant insult. And there's another bit where they stop off somewhere to get gas or whatever, and Bernadette kind of goes, "Oh, what a lovely dog! What's his name?" And the guy goes, "Herpes." <laughs> um, I just love it. I just think it's it's just such a brilliant film. Um, and it just shows, I think, how versatile uh, Guy Pearce is and the other yeah. two actors as well. I think Hugo Weaving's amazing in it as well. I think they're all amazing. But Hugo Weaving and Guy Pearce especially really throw themselves into the whole 
lip syncing extravaganza. That's Lovely. it. I'm done with Priscilla. Everyone should watch it. It's on Netflix, by the way. Oh, is it? Yep. Because I haven't seen it. Oh, you fucking prick. Jem's seen the stage show. I've I seen assume the stage. seen the film. I've as well. seen the stage show twice. Um, I've been lucky enough to see it twice, and I've been lucky enough to see it with. So, as I said, really Hugo Weaving's character is the main character. So Mitzi, I saw it in London with Jason Donovan. Ooh. In the role of, and it starts with them sat in their pants. So I saw Jason Donovan in his pants, and then I went and saw it in Canterbury, and I saw Duncan James from Blue in the same role, and it was equally as fabulous. Um, anyway, moving on from Men in Pants, what have you seen? What do you like? Uh, so for my first one, I'll go for Lockout. So this is a one of his more recent films and it ties in a little bit what we were talking about in the previous pod about things you were watching so he plays a character called Snow I don't think I've seen this uh, so he plays a character called Snow he's just called Snow he's one of these sort of sorry he's one of these sort of anti-heroes so the film starts with him at a deal gone wrong everyone's getting shot he's on the run he basically gets accused of killing this undercover cop, but he didn't. But there's footage showing him killing this undercover cop, so he's obviously being thrown under. The film actually starts with him being interrogated and just being punched relentlessly in the face every time he answers, because every time he answers a question, it's basically a yo mama joke or a your wife joke. It's like, where were you? Ask your wife. <laughs> what were you doing? Ask your wife. Why are you always such a dick? Now, some people are like me. Why don't you ask your wife? <laughs> and just constantly get... And then... Towards the end, he's like, look, we can go through this all day. I can get Rupert to beat you up all day. And he goes, hang on, I've been getting beaten up by a guy called Rupert. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And essentially, he's about to be thrown. There's this MS-1, I think it's called. It's a prison in space. So it's, it's set in like the 21st century or something like that. It's a prison in space where people are basically put into like cryogenic freezing. A bit like Demolition Man. Um, so you're set up to there, you're put in cryogenic freezing. It's a very much a um, a test facility to try and get it to roll out. And he's just about to be sent there to serve 30 years in prison for the killing this cop when the president's daughter is on this ship doing stuff and someone breaks out and basically frees thousands of criminals on this thing. And it's we now need to save the president's daughter. We could send a whole fleet of people or we could send one man with one task. So it's not about saving everyone, it's just about saving the president's daughter. And they choose snow. (laughs) Obviously. Hmm. So he sent on this ship to try and save... Say, it's not about saving the ship, it's not about saving every hostage, it's about getting Maggie Grace's president's daughter safely off the ship. At this point, the criminals have no idea that they have the president's daughter. They think she's just another person who's on the ship. Hmm. Um, They're obviously trying to get... Out. It's not like it was a planned escape. It's not like anything like that. It's just the president's daughter is interviewing someone. Her aide insists that he has to have a gun and the criminal gets the gun off her and just starts shooting up. The main villain is like... Well, there's two. There's brothers. One of them is like obviously the brains and the other one is just fucking batshit crazy. He's got a weird mohawk. He's got like a, cr- a glazed over eye and he's just fucking mental. He kills people on a whim... And it's just really, really enjoyable to watch. So it's just about Snow getting onto this ship, getting the president's daughter and then getting off. Um, the reason I mention it's 
has links to the other one. So John Carpenter actually successfully sued for I plagiarism. Re- I was just reading that, yeah. Uh, successfully sued for plagiarism on the Snake Plissken and Escape from New York character because the first time I watched it, I assumed that it was like a Snake Plissken sequel that didn't get greenlit and they rejigged it slightly. Um, but it's, this one is, it's not directed by, but it's produced by Luke Besson and it's his original idea. But yeah, say John Carpenter successfully won a lawsuit because it is essentially Snake Plissken, is essentially Escape from New York, but on a ship in space rather than yeah. in New York. But it's just, it's one of those films, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's very stupid to say Guy Pierce is just like a one-line thing. He's quite <laughs> buff in this film. He's got like quite big arms. And then it's just, it's just one of those films, like you say, you switch off and you can just sit and enjoy it. It's only like 90 minutes long as well. He has obviously like an odd relationship with the president's daughter where it starts off where obviously she hates him because she she's very humanitarian. She mm. was, The reason she was up there is because there's these rumours that the cryogenic sleep like sends people mad and it's horrible and it's not humane. And then when he's there, he's like, well, we can't go. We've got to save all the other hostages as well. And in a way, she's a very annoying twat. And he has to like save her. So is... Um... Is he playing an action hero with good one-liners? Essentially, yeah. So we've had him playing a drag queen and now he's an action Yeah. So I feel like this was potentially an attempt at like a franchise type thing because obviously it ends happily, air quotes, with Mm. him back on Earth. He's done his mission. Um, Obviously there's romantic indications between him and the president's daughter. But yeah, he is like, he's beating people up. He's beating lots of people up at once he's shooting people it's just it's really silly but it's just really really enjoyable cool i'll have to give that a watch it does sound ridiculous yeah um okay so moving from drag queen to action star um my other film um that i've chosen he plays a loner so filmed 20 years after the adventures of priscilla queen of the desert nothing to do although they're kind of in a desert um, is the film The Rover. And I chose this for two reasons. One, because I think it's fucking brilliant. And two, because I don't think many people know about it at all. I think I've seen it. Um, my dad actually uh, picked this one up um, a couple of years ago, uh, watched it on DVD and lent it to me, and I liked it so much I got a Blu-ray copy of it. Um, so this film is set... Um, after a global economic collapse. I think it's like 10 years after a, like a collapse. It's set in Australia um, and everything is dusty and dirty and everyone is scrabbling around for money and nobody's got anything, mm. yeah? It really looks like everything's gone to shit. And the film starts with Guy Pearce. Um, he's, got, he's driving this car down a dusty road and he pulls up and he stops in this place where he gets a drink and he's just sort of like sat there and there's two people who I think probably own the establishment I don't think you could call it a bar Mm. um because he pours what looks like a very dirty drink into a dirty glass and sits there drinking and whilst he's sat in the bar um uh, uh, you see another vehicle come careering down the road and crash and they essentially get out of their crashed vehicle and steal his car now he comes out and he's like, what the fuck is going on? He's not having any of this. So he gets into their vehicle um, and begins to chase after them. Um, and then what you've got for the rest of the movie is, is essentially him chasing after these three thieves who have stolen his car. Um, and at one point he catches up with them. He gets out of their car and they get out of his car 
And they're like, what, what's the crack? And he's like, I want my car back. And they're like, well, you're not getting it back because they think their car's fucked. And he's like, well, I want my car back. And they're like, no, you're not getting your car back. And they're like threatening him, you know, threatening to shoot him and stuff. And he has to back off a bit, but he's adamant he's going to get his car back. In the meantime, one of the thieves' brothers, um, who they presumed was dead, and so had left him at the scene of the crime, um, he ends up crossing paths with Guy Pearce's character. Guy Pearce's character is called Eric in this film, although his, he never gives his name at any point and he's never called by his name. But anyway, one of the thieves' brothers comes across him and they, they end up travelling together and sort of start, they sort of form this weird relationship where the brother's just like, I'll take you to where they're going to go. I'll lead you there and you can get your car back and I can be reunited with my brother. Okay, yeah, whatever. The brother's been shot. He's in, you know, he's in a bit of a bad way. They managed to find a doctor to patch him up as best they can because everyone's got nothing. Yeah. Mm. Um, the brother is played by Robert Pattinson in... You, you just can't... Again, another another guy. He's unrecognisable in this. He plays basically like a redneck. Mm. Um, I was watching it with Rich from the fan club and it took him ages. And I kept saying, come on, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? He's been in one of the biggest franchises. Who is it? Who is it? And he's just like, I don't know. I don't know. He's been in two of the biggest franchises, one only a little bit. Um, in the end, he's like, no, you're going to have to tell me who it is. Um, so you've got this loner and then you've got this redneck who's who's... Still a little bit happy-go-lucky, do you know what I mean? Mm. Tries to sort of look on the bright side of life, even though his brother's deserted him, he's been shot and he's got nothing. Um, essentially, they catch up with these thieves. He manages... Carnage in shoes. <laughs> um, and he manages to get his car back. And the closing scenes, you find why he wants to get his car back. Um, it is such... Like, I was, I was gripped by the story. I didn't get what the ending was going to be until I saw it and I was just like, oh. um, I just didn't get it at all. Um, so I was totally shocked by the ending. A few people I've spoken to have guessed the ending immediately. <laughs> um, but I didn't get it at all and I absolutely loved the ending. But I love this film because it's so gritty and filthy and you really believe. So you're watching it and it looks like he's cut his own hair. Well, he did cut his, apparently Guy Pearce cut his own hair because he's just like, well, it's... the the, the economy collapsed 10 years ago. Nobody's got mm. anything, but if a guy doesn't want long hair, what's he going to do? He's just going to cut his own hair off. Mm. Um, so he's got this ramshackle haircut. He looks absolutely filthy. Everyone in it looks filthy. They're living in this dry, dusty, hot place. They are all sweaty and filthy. And people are sort of almost holding each other at gunpoint for like a, a tin of of tuna or something do you know mm. what I mean they sort of like fought holding him at gunpoint so you will fucking buy something from my shop you know you really do believe that they've suffered an economic collapse you believe that they've got nothing mm. you believe that they live these shitty shitty lives um and again I just think it shows his his ability to be a chameleon um I think the rover is excellent I think it's a film that not many people have heard of um and I heartily recommend it I think it's brilliant. Five stars? It's a five out of five for me, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've watched it. I, like, I think I just, it's great. I don't remember the Robert Pattinson being yeah. in it, but possibly that's because I didn't recognise him as Robert Pattinson. Maybe not. Cool. So then the next film I watched, I, as we said, like he tends to be a supporting actor, and for this, he's not in it very much, but he plays such a 
iconic character. Well, not iconic, I guess, but just such a standout well, think, yeah, character. Yeah, definitely and, a standout. Um, and just steals the show from the other three leads. So it's the film Lawless, which is... I mean, it's essentially... Shia LaBeouf, apparently, is the top-billed member of the cast. Back, back before he was fucking mental. Uh, so he's one of three Bondurant brothers who are also Tom Tom Hardy and Jason Clark. It's set in like the Depression. Yeah, so it's during Prohibition. They live in like Franklin County in Virginia and they essentially they make moonshine and they distribute it. They're doing all right. Um so you got Tom Holland, Tom Holland, fucking hell. Tom Hardy, who's like the head brother. He's viewed upon as being immortal because he's like he got Spanish flu, it killed everyone, but he somehow managed to survive. Jason Clark plays Howard. He's like the middle brother. He was off fighting in the war and he's come back a very different person. He's constantly drunk on their own supply. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is the younger one. He's Jack. He's the one who's got ideas above his station that they can do this and they can do that. They also have to sort of keep themselves looking like legitimate businessmen. They have like a a coffee bar slash calf that Jessica Chastain runs for them. Um, and essentially at the start of the film, everyone accepts that moonshine happens and we see them out doing a run and even the police are buying their moonshine off them. And then a little bit into the film, a new governor or a new head of police has come in and he essentially wants a cut of the pie to let people continue to be moonshiners. And obviously Tom Hardy's character is not having any of this. And then this is where we meet Special Deputy Charlie Rakes, who is played by Guy Pearce. And he is, so we say, this is set in the Depression. People are wearing like shoes that they're patching up, clothes that don't fit properly. Tom Hardy is wearing a smashing cardigan. Um, <laughs> but everything's shit, everything's dirty. And then in steps Charlie Rakes. And he is wearing like an immaculate three-piece suit, leather gloves. He has a centre parting which has been shaved in and it is about an inch wide. Um, he clearly is very impressed with himself. They constantly talk about how he smells of perfume and how weird that is that he would smell of perfume and they think that... I mean, I can't remember the exact word in these, but they think that he's obviously a homosexual man because of this. And essentially, they're told, you need to get in line with everyone else or we're going to shut you down. And then they obviously refuse to get involved and Charlie Rakes is there to try and capture them or stop them and put them out of business. And the whole film is essentially them building more stills, him finding those stills, them building more stills. But he's just such an absolute bastard. There's one bit where he catches Charlie with Jack character at one of the stills and he holds a shotgun to his mouth and tells him to open his mouth and then he like punches him with the barrel of the gun and I we saw this at the cinema together didn't we Sonia? I think so yeah. And I remember both of us being like Phew, fucking hell because mm. he properly smacks him in the teeth with this barrel of this gun and it is like proper visceral and properly like ouch. But yeah he's just not a very nice he's clearly got issues because like um, that he he, he burns his gloves because he gets blood on them. So he's clearly got sort of OCD issues. Mm. Um, he's oh, just a fucking psycho, yeah. isn't he? He's, he's an absolute psycho. There's a bit, it doesn't revolve around his character, but a great bit where these two guys are like, who have been hired by Charlie Rakes, are like causing a fuss in the bar. They're like trying to touch up Jessica Chastain's character. And Tom Hardy comes out with his knuckle dust and punches the guy in the throat. And you actually see like his Adam's apple dislodge. 
and then they wait for Tom Hardy's character and they cut his throat and you see it and like blood is spurting everyone. He like gets over that somehow, again showing his um immortal side. And that's when it all starts to unravel and you can see that Charlie Rakes is really starting to unravel himself because I don't think he's ever come up against anyone like these Bondurant brothers where they just don't do what he wants no matter how hard he treats them and how bad that he treats them and how much he beats them up, how much he destroys what they're building because they just keep going. They just build a new one. They just keep going. They they get over whatever he does. And he just... There's one bit where Jack and Howard have him pinned and Jack like treads on his face and he has like a full-on panic attack and he's just like just cannot get it. And at that point, he kills someone that he probably shouldn't have killed because it pushes the Bondurant brothers that little bit further that they need to fucking take him out. And it ends with like this big face-off between the cops who don't want to be against the Bondurant brothers because they like them, but they're obviously being told by the chief of police that they have to do this. And he's just losing his mind. He starts shooting at everyone. And it's just... It's a decent film. I think like it's a really good film, but his his part in this film is just I just can't imagine any other actor throwing themselves quite so much into the role mm. because I say it's it's a complete not like a sort of Christian Bale-esque transformation for like the machinist but he is just completely unrecognisable like in this role with his his smashing three-piece suits against everyone else's absolute rags and he's like sort of like you say his perfume and his perfect yeah. hair and nothing out of place I mean he's obviously um like he's a sexual deviant as well. Yeah, because there's a bit where there's like a prostitute in his room and she's just sat staring at the floor, where obviously she's just been traumatized by whatever it is he's choosing to done by him, to her. Yeah. Uh, that's the same time where Tom Hardy and the brothers deliver a pair of testicles that they've removed from one of the people that cut Tom Hardy's throat, and he obviously has a panic attack about the fact that he's holding a jar with a pair of testicles in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a really really good film um, directed by John Hillcott. It's Again, it's proper gritty. It's proper. It's just like a really good film. Say so it's one of the rare films where Shia LaBeouf is actually quite good. Although he plays the same character that he does in most of the films, which is good. Where he's like he's the irritating, cocky person who gets his comeuppance essentially. Mm. But no, it's a film. As soon as we mentioned Guy Pearce, that was like the first one that popped into my head that I want to rewatch that film and talk about that film because he is just ridiculously good in that it's one of the ones that popped into my head as well and it's purely whenever I think of the film Lawless I mean even though it's got Tom Hardy in it I think of Guy Pearce yeah. because his character is so he amazing definitely in it completely steals the show and again based on a true story I didn't know that yeah I mean it's based on the memoir of Jack the youngest brother so you imagine it might be a little bit rosy from their their side of things yeah. but but yeah no really good film um so there we have it. That's, um, that's some of our favourite Guy Pearce movies. Um, all very different. Yes, very much so. Um, and all highly recommended um, by us. Um, the Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert and Iron Man 3, I know, are on Netflix. Yes, my two are not on Netflix. No. Um, I think he had quite a few films on Netflix because I searched him up. Um, and apparently he's in a TV show called The Innocence, which... Oh, that's on Netflix, yeah. Um, it's on Netflix, which I didn't realise he was in, but I might give that a look. Um, but yeah, we like Guy Pearce a lot, so um, we'll be returning 
uh, with another subject out of the hat, but we'll let you know what that is via the Facebook. Nearer the time. Um, a little bit nearer the time, we'll be asking for your thoughts and opinions on our chosen subject. But thanks for listening to our uh, thoughts on Guy Pearce. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching his films these last few yeah. weeks. Because like you say, it's it's not like if you were to watch like Jason Statham films, although we love Jason Statham, they're pretty much the same film with a different character name, whereas these are completely different films with mm. completely different set of circumstances and yeah. Mm. I think he's a great, great actor. Um Cool Beans, right, it's getting late, so let's do the social media and fuck the fuck off, shall we? Okay, would you like me to do the social media? Um we're on Facebook. Um I think if you just type in theatrical cut you'll probably find us. We've got the purple logo. Is that about right? Yeah. Um, Please like our page, share it, tell your friends. Um, That'd be great. Get involved. Quite a lot of people have sent us messages, mainly insults aimed at me about not watching the IT crowd before. Um, (laughs) But if we could move away from that now. Um, We are on Instagram at Theatrical Cup Pod. Correct. Terry's on Instagram at Prefax. I'm Mallory underscore watches. If you want to see what we're doing um, before you get to listen to it on the pod, um, because everything we watch, we do obviously talk about. Um, And we have an email address if you would like to contact contact us anonymously. Terry, what is the email address? Theatricalcut at gmail.com. There you go. Um, And that's it. That's all from us. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. Terry, have you got anything else to add? No, I'm all done. Mic dropped.